My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out, and it's why some people end up following the crowd. But we're not like them. We're part of a new species that isn't afraid to do things differently. I call us FOMO sapiens. And this is the show where you'll meet people like us, phenomenal FOMO sapiens, to learn how they find the courage and the ideas to live exceptional lives. FOMO. FOMO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for people who don't just follow the crowd, but instead take their own path to success in business and in life. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and as you well know, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And today I have a very special guest, the great Agape Stasinopoulos, who I met this year in New York City, actually at a party for somebody's wedding. We got to chatting. I got some copies of her books in the mail. Actually, I picked them up at her house. She lives not too far from my house. I started looking at them. I started listening to her meditations. And I just realized all of us need a little bit more agape in our lives. And so what we're going to do is talk to agape. This is a two-parter because you just can't keep agape in one episode. Uh, I had her come to my house, actually. She came over to the house. I even got some nice baked goods. And we just chatted and it just turned into two really special episodes that I'm so excited to share with you. Now, Agape is a best-selling author and speaker who inspires audiences around the world. She is the author of Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life, and Unbinding the Heart, a Dose of Greek Wisdom, Generosity, and Unconditional Love. And she was trained in London at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and received her master's degree in psychology from the University of Santa Monica. She teaches meditation and facilitates workshops for Thrive Global, a company founded by her sister, Ariane Huffington, and that is changing the way that we live and work. It's amazing. What a family. You got Ariana, you got Agapi, Agapi, Ariana, two people who just are total FOMO sapiens, and it's just uh, kind of amazing. Now, Agapi was raised in Athens and divides her time between New York and LA. And here is what you're going to learn in this conversation. First of all, Agapi's life story is just awesome. She's so interesting. She's done a little bit of everything. As you saw, she studied dramatic arts. She was an actress. She is now an author and speaker and expert on a million things. And so that's going to be really fun just to hear her journey and hear how that journey took her to waking up and awakening, as it were, uh, to the spiritual world, the spiritualism in her life. We're going to talk about why people are not connecting with eternal wisdom. You know, Agape, in your interview, you'll see she connects things back to the Greek gods and goddesses. But nowadays, unfortunately, people are forgetting about these internal sources of wisdom, whether it's, you know, that kind of stuff or world religions or just a million kind of things that have been figured out and shared with us, but we're not focusing on them. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about her new book, Speaking with Spirit, which she wrote during the pandemic in an isolated fashion, which was really hard, and what she learned in the process of writing Speaking with Spirit. Now, we will finish this interview next week, but I would like to, before we get the interview, obviously do my little ask. And my little ask is this, share this with somebody who would enjoy it. Agape is eternal wisdom. She really is, you're gonna see in a minute. And so there's a lot of people out there who need a little wisdom. So share this episode with somebody and tell them to listen. All right, and now we are going on to the interview. And as usual, I start my interview with exactly the same question. And Agape did not escape me. The question is this, what's a formative decision you've had to make to get to where you are today? 
Oh, Patrick, it's so good to be with you. And uh, I'm so glad we're doing this in person because to me, the, the human contact, there's just nothing like it, you know. And um, during the pandemic, we all suffered the absence of that. Mm. And um, we can never, never take it for granted, you know. Um, so the um, uh, most formative decision I made was incarnating here, <laughs> <laughs> coming back on the planet Earth. Um, when I was 23 years old, you know, I was raised in, um, and born in Greece, Athens, Greece. And I went to London when I was 17 with my mother and my sister, Ariana. Um, my sister actually was already there and studied acting at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. So um, I was about 22 when uh, I was uh, hired to do a movie in Los Angeles. Wow. And uh, it's through my sister and the producer that she met. And um, I went to L.A. and uh, it was just magnificent. You know, I mean, I thought my destiny has just started. I'm going to be a star. You know, I was starring in a movie. I got the part and um, met a lot of people, you know, agents, um, producers. It was like an amazing, uh, you know, I was... Um, flown there. I was taking care of staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And uh, at tw two months later, I think it was, the producer said to me that the movie fell through oh. and uh, that the financing fell through, which is, you know, the a usual Hollywood story. Yeah. Uh, and I, he was my return ticket to London. And uh, I remember at that time, I said to myself, I'm not ready to go back. I'm going to stay here. And I had no idea what my future or my life would be because uh, I was 23. I had, um, you know, no green, no green card, no permit to work in the, in the country. I had hardly any money, you know, apart from what my mom was sending me, you know, to survive. I had a lot of friends because mm. I, I knew how to make friends and people who loved me. And, and I, I even met a very nice man that I was seeing. And I said to him, I'm going to stay and not go back yet. I'll keep my ticket. And it was an incredible soul, intuitive inner guidance. And I decided to stay. I went and stayed with friends because I wasn't going to stay at the hotel anymore. And people said, please come stay with us. And uh, at that moment, um, that choice led me to my spiritual awakening. It's a bit of a long story, so I won't say the whole thing because it's all in my books. <laughs> and I've written endlessly. I've written about it in every single book. I write that story. I wrote Unbinding the Heart. I wrote it, Wake Up to the Joy of You, Speaking with Spirit. Each book tells the story from different perspectives. It's like when you are called to do something, but you, it's completely unknown to you. And um, uh, through a series of events, through a friend who came and went to um, a spiritual retreat with an Indian guru and meeting somebody who then invited me to her home, I ended up meeting my spiritual teacher. 
John Roger, who passed away five years ago, and I started to follow my spiritual path. But what happened at that time, Patrick, was that I, my soul, my, my heart wanted to awaken. And I kept reading endless spiritual books. Like, to me, one of my most profound awakening books was Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm-hmm. Have you read that? I, so I have it over there. No, yeah. really? Oh, my God. We should... Um, I have too many books, though. I don't know where it is, but you know. <laughs> yes. Autobiography of a Yogi is a book that has awakened many people. Mm-hmm. And I was also doing uh, three hours of yoga a day. Mm-hmm. You know what that does to your energy and your kundalini. I was very just yearning for an awakening. And uh, they say that when um, even yearning for God, if a yearning for uh, spirit is a good thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because you know there is more to life than this, you know, and there is more to life than your story or who you think you are. And you know it, but you don't really have it in your palms of your hand. You don't really know it. You know, you just want to have what I call an awakening to your spirit. So that um, really led me to that awakening, which was incredible. I mean, it was really a knowing that I am part of something larger. You know, and again, as you know, uh, Patrick, I very clearly uh, explain in the book Speaking with Spirit that God is such a limited little word Mm -hmm. to describe the infinite, you know, so it doesn't matter what you call it, you know, what we must understand is that God is not a being, it is a state of consciousness that is attainable to all of us at any moment. So you don't have to go anywhere, like I know you meditate, and it's like if you come back to your breath, if you come back to the awareness that you have 36 trillion cells that are making you and me right now and everyone that we meet, that everyone is a miraculous manifestation of something unexplicable and larger than we can possibly, our finite mind can describe, that in itself brings you to reverence. That in itself brings you down to your knees, as I say. It, 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 it really kind of amazes me when, uh, I mean, people say, I don't believe in spirituality. And I go, well, what else is there? I mean, it's like, who are you? I mean, I saw, you know, both my parents um, die in front of, I mean, they take their last breath. And you know you're not this body. Yeah. You know, and and you uh, realize that there is this other reality, but what each one of us must go through the journey to discover um, and unfold and open up our hearts. And often people say, I don't know where God is. And I go back, go back to your heart. Who do you love? What do you love? What do you love about life? What do you love about yourself, about, you know, your parents, maybe your children? If you don't have children, do you have siblings? Who do you love? Mm. And go there. And that loving is you. Because what most of us really, really want to know, we want to be loved, of course, and seen and matter. But we want to know that 
we have loving in us, yeah. that we are loving. And for me, when I, through my spiritual journey and my retreats and the seminars and the University of Santa Monica that I did and studied spiritual psychology, I had a lot of forgiveness to do of how life with my parents wasn't exactly what I wanted. So we all have to heal parts of ourselves that have made our hearts shut down. You know, my parents had a very turbulent uh, marriage, and mm-hmm. then my mother left my father and raised me and Ariana pretty much on her own. So that, I was 12, and that made created a lot of trauma in me. So part of my spiritual work was to take little Agape and raise her and love her. And you know this ring that you see here? Yeah. This is a ring I gave to myself 20 years ago. I married myself. Mm. And I had an inner bonding because the adult Agape was going out into the world, making projects and, you know, producing movies and series. And and my little Agape had not healed. And she felt... I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Maybe um, you seem so integrated at the moment, which I love. But... You know, you see it a lot of, uh, with people that they walk around and you feel they have a knot in their stomach. Yeah. You know, and because they're not, they don't really feel they can be who they are in the world. Yes. And they say, well, I'm leaving that part of me, which is insecure and vulnerable and um, feels not quite together in the house and I'm going out to march on and make things right, you're happen. putting on your costume <laughs> yes. it's like Halloween you're putting on the suit or the tie or the whatever the Superman and you're going out and you're putting a face on for the world exactly yeah. exactly exactly I know because I did that when I worked on Wall Street every day I was like here we go <laughs> yeah it's painful yeah it is it definitely you feel like constrained emotionally sure but like there's a physical constraint so I think the business suit is such a good because it like holds you up it holds yes, it all together. Yes, and and women do it with, you know, putting the outfits or, yeah. or you know, we compare ourselves and we we go into a room or a meeting and we don't feel good enough. Yeah, which is so much of your message with FOMO. You know, when you don't feel, it's uh, it's, I want to say that it's tragic, <laughs> that we are so unkind to each other. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel. (laughs) 
the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. Well, the thing about it is, as I think about, you know, I was listening to the beginning of this interview and I just kind of let you talk because, because I, I, because you're meditating. So everybody, Agape has these meditations. You can find them on Audible. What's the name of the meditation? That the, we, it's a wake up to the joy of you 33 meditations. Yes. And they're very short. Um, you know, Patrick, they're like six minutes and seven minutes. Yes. And um, you asked me before, the interview, how did I write them? You know, I don't write them. I, I, I channel them. Uh-huh. I mean, I can absolutely download meditations. That. It's like you say to me, Agapi, can you do a meditation? I'm going to an interview right now. Can you do a meditation for me? I said, absolutely. And it boom, boom, boom. It comes down. And the same thing with my prayers. I mean, my editor said... I, when I sent my book in of the draft of Speaking with Spirit, said to me, I'm editing the chapters, but I'm not editing the, med- the prayers because they are perfect. Mm. And, and I dictate them on my, on my phone. I dictate them to another person. I dictate them a lot, you know, on um, my phone. And, uh, and I tell them myself. I mean, I... So, go No, go so anyway, so I, 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 when you start talking, I went in... Because I find your voice as I... You know, it's just, you know, it's like meditative. So I was just listening. I'm like, wow, it's so great to have the meditation live. But I did want to comment. Something you said really struck me, which is, you know, so many of us are raised in a religion or whatever. We live in a very secular world now. That's just the way it is. Yes. And, And yet there's all this ancient wisdom. And, you know, there's kind of some thematic stuff. If you look at the different world religions and traditions, like there are general themes. Sure. But, um, you know, there's this funny thing that like it's this is none of this is new. This is eternal wisdom. And yet so many of us are just not connecting with it or spending time with it. And this is stuff that has helped people to make it through the journey of life for thousands of years. And so like and it's not it's it's there for you and it's not complicated. And I'm not saying that I'm I figured it out because it's a journey for everybody. Yes. But somebody asked me yesterday, I was talking to somebody about um, travel and he about asked, what just traveling and yes you know i like to travel yes and he said well when you travel the world do you ever seek out the wisdom of the people in the places you're going oh wow which i, th- I was like whoa that's a good question and the reality so is probably not 20 years ago but more and more today because the the places that you go where life is a bit quieter and simpler people have a lot more space to think about the, these spiritual realms and they're pretty happy you know, maybe they don't have all of the fancy stuff, yes. but on a day-to-day basis, the level of anxiety, which, you know, we, the crushing anxiety that we have in, oh my in God. our cultures, you oh. don't see it. So I just, that, that made me, that's where I was going to in your meditation. You, I was like in that space. I would love your thoughts. Yes. Well, let me tell you a story that comes up to my, my mind that I love. And it's actually in my book, Unbinding the Heart. And 
I, I wrote that book, which is my third book. You know, my first two books was about the Greek gods and goddesses. Naturally. And of course, you are the ultimate Hermes, the traveler, <laughs> the messenger, the traveler who loves to travel. Also like the, like the ties, Hermes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, Unbinding the Heart has my story and my mother's uh, story of how she raised us and in Athens, Greece, and, and my awakening and uh, the passing of my parents, my father asking for forgiveness to my mother before he left L.A. to go back to Athens. Just really beautiful, uh, documented stories of my life. And one of them is called Nails. I think it's called Nails. I'm not, I don't remember exact, the exact chapter. Uh, or Finding the Nails. Mm. So uh, we were in, um, outside Athens in a vineyard. And... Uh, Ariana was being photographed for Town and Country magazine as the goddesses. <laughs> and uh, it was just quite, quite the scene. I mean, it was like the amazing photographer, the makeup artist from France, the hairdresser from New York, uh, the Town and Country editor. I mean, the crew, you can imagine. And we were at a tiny little, no, outside a tiny little village with a vineyard, a huge vineyard, and to do Dionysus, the god of the wine. Mm. And um, we wanted to put grapes on Ariana's face to make her look like Dionysus. And we were at a little hut of the wine, the guy who was taking care of the vineyard, the vineyard manager. And it was a little tiny little home, very humble with his wife and his daughter. And uh, he didn't speak English, of course. And the photographer says to me, Agapi, could you please ask Mr. Vasilios uh, if he has any nails so we can put the nails on the beams of the, of the little uh, veranda? And he, uh, I say to him in Greek, do you have any nails? And he goes, huh, nails, nails, mm, nails, <laughs> nails. And he's looking around like as if he was going to manifest them from the sky. <laughs> and Patrick in one second, he leans down, he takes a stool and undoes the legs of the stool and he produces three nails. And we had tears in our eyes because that to me was the entrepreneurial spirit of the simple man mm. who says, you want nails, I will make you nails. Mm. It's that gift of service. And I, and I tell the story about how incredible it is when you summon up your, um, your spirit, your mind, your heart to say, you want this, I will find it for you. And my mother did that for us all her life. You want to go to the Royal Academy? I will find you the teacher who teaches you. Ariana, you want to go to Cambridge? We'll go to Cambridge and see how it is before you go there so you have a visual in your mind of how it is. And I thought, Patrick, if we could do that for each other. If somebody says, you know, I want to help my daughter um, go to the, work for this company. Somebody said to me the other day, and that's her dream. And I said, let me see who I know, who I can call to introduce your daughter to. Let me, somebody says, I don't have enough money for my kid to go to college. And you say, let me do a fundraiser for you. The, the human spirit thrives in serving. Mm. The mind and the, and, um, and the heart 
and the body, you have, you know, you, the, you have to feed them. The spirit grows through giving. FOMO. FOMO. You know, it's so true. And the, the challenge that we have today, and I'm sure you, uh, you saw this article in the New York Times about how the pandemic and the isolation of the pandemic has played out and, and the fact that, you know, we can give, you can give remotely, of course, right? You can show up to somebody's Zoom birthday party. You can give to their GoFundMe or whatever. Yes, that's short. yes, yes. But to actually give, it's very helpful to be with people, to be able to be, able to be in the same space with them. And, you know, I'm curious, you wrote your new book, Speaking with Spirit. By the way, you're, you're hearing this is live action in my apartment, even a siren outside. I love it. This is New York City, people. Um Speaking with spirit, you wrote it during the pandemic. Yes. And talk about what that, what that, I guess, how that influenced the work that you did in this book. Incredible, because I was going through a real mental challenge. Mm-hmm. I was really feeling very isolated and exiled. And you know, I'm Greek, so I'm an extrovert and I'm Greek, so that makes me a triple Are there extra. Greek introverts? That's what I, I want to know. I don't know, that's a good point. <laughs> oh my God, exactly. And and so my whole MO is like, who can I connect? I mean, I get up in the morning and I'm going, oh, let me call my best friend or my other friend mm. and let me connect. I'm mm. like, a, let me hug someone. I'm a total connector, you know? Yeah. Um, so as you know, that's how you and I met. I mean, we were like, you know, boom, boom, boom. We, yeah. we met with it's such like, energy. Yeah, and, it was it was done right there. Done, and and you know, it was so beautiful uh, how that you have so you are so open and so receptive. And I just want to say that one of your gifts that I see in you is that you really listen. My God, you are such a good listener. Thank you. <laughs> and it's you listen with your whole being and presence. And it's, you're not thinking of the next thing. You're just so present. It's incredible. All the good stuff is happening right now. Right now. It's, you got to stay in the moment. Exactly. And, um, oh, my God. So um, in the pandemic, I was living in L.A. at our home with my nieces and um, Ariana's assistant. And uh, and we were working there and doing all the Zooms and everything. And I really f- I cried my eyes out. I thought this will never end. I was living... Obviously, there was fear. Obviously, there was the unknown. And I had this deadline to write this book. So I'll, I usually dictate my books because I, I'm a performer. I love to speak. So when I speak, it all comes out. I'm not a computer. Sit down in the computer. Okay. And I encourage anybody who wants to write that doesn't like to write by sitting down and writing, dictate it. Dictate it on your, on your on an app of dictation on your iPhone. Find a human being and say, write down while I speak. And I went up and down the street in, in our home and prayed and asked spirit and God and the, the consciousness of the divine, the higher consciousness to give me the words. Hmm. And it was incredible because what happened is right there I realized that although everything was taken, the spirit was still alive and well. And I will just read you a a little paragraph that let me see. I think it's on chapter uh, seven, finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. By the way, I want everybody to have a visual because I have a copy sitting with me. She has her wonderful book, Speaking with Spirit, 52 Prayers to Guide, Inspire, and Lift You, in front of her. And it is 
there are like a thousand sticky notes. Yes. <laughs> which I just, it's amazing because you're so calm and so organized and you come across, but then I, you, I know your secret sticky note habit now. Sticky note habit. <laughs> yes, just like, and so when I'm doing a podcast or a Zoom, I can just open yeah. to the extraordinary. And I, I will just um, read to you that last paragraph of that because I'm asking the spirit and I always say, Come as you are mm. to the spirit. If you're sad, uh, go into your sadness. If you are upset, if you're in pain, if you are uh, insecure, say, I'm feeling insecure right now. I'm feeling vulnerable. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling angry. Whatever it is, name it so you can tame it. Mm. So as you name it, you bring it to the table and then you ask, the other energy in you, which is the higher energy, and you say, I ask that I may find new ways to engage, move my body, be present in the miracle of my life, and awaken to the aliveness that I have in me. Because I was hurting, and I was asking that I may find the magic in the ordinary, that everything in this world, as hard as it might be, is still working. So then the spirit speaks to me and says, my beloved, the trees still grow upward and I'm able to walk on this earth through the law of gravity. And even that is a miracle. The earth still moves. And think of that right now, the earth, while you're listening to Patrick and me, the earth is moving slowly around the sun in perfect motion. And how amazing is that? There are invisible worlds of millions of stars and planets that are all moving in perfect relation to one another, and they don't seem to collide. The ocean meets the shore in perfect rhythm, and even when it's turbulent and stormy, let me wrap around my mind with this expansion of my heart and mind and soul, around all of that universal intelligence that is so large and know that I too have a perfect harmony within me. What I love about that, I mean, a lot, a lot of things, but it made me, it, my big take, sort of my big thought as you were reading that was how <laughs> it's, like, it's like the opposite of FOMO because it's very much focused on where on the world as it exists today. Like there are things happening. There are miracles everywhere around you. But when you're having a tough day or you're dealing with challenges, understandably, you, you lose sight of those things. And what these meditations do, and I can see how they can be helpful, really exactly. helpful, is that if you pick this up in the morning or in the evening, if you're having it, if maybe you're having a great day and this reinforces, but even if you're having a great day, we all know like the, the, the ideal status is to be able to acknowledge what it's great, but then remember that, you know, there's a world out there. Acknowledge that it's a bad day, but remember the world goes on and try to sort of live within a moderated space. Like it's the, the detachment or the equanimity. That's, that's the goal, right? And so this, I mean, I can just, I can see how this does that. FOMO. All right, FOMO sapiens. That is the end of part one of my two episode interview with Agape Stasinopoulos. We'll be back 
next week with the rest of the interview. And if you like this, it's even better. It's even better. So I look forward to seeing you on Monday for Foam Mondays. And of course, on Thursday with more of Agape. And until then, take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO.